here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Ah, okay. Hello, world. This is TJ Mars ET Radio. We've been around for a while, so I'm going to do a quick sound check. Being that we're multidimensional travelers, Janet Carolesson of Hawaii. I'm in Gulf Breeze. Can you hear me from Gulf Breeze, Florida? Yes? No? Yeah. I certainly can. Oh, you can? Okay. She's probably on mute. This is the UFO alien contact experiencer, Rodney Dawson. I'm going to give you a little bit about him while Janet comes back. I guess she got knocked off. But you hear me okay, Ronnie? Oh, you sound really good. Good, you do too. All right, here we go. Ronnie Dawson lives in Ranger, Texas. He's a hazardous material transport operator. And in 2009, he witnessed odd lights in rural locations of Texas. I love Texas. I grew up there. He witnessed the cattle abduction firsthand. So I'm really excited about talking to him because I've never seen one of those. And they make so many casino <laughs> machines about it. But he became aware that the lights are from alien origin. Now, the lights seem to always show themselves, especially when he was in rural locations. So it's probably darker. But he convinced a friend to help him record this craft and perform a laser experiment to test the craft's propulsion system in regards to it bending the fabric of space. So we want to talk about that, too, because that's been one of my most curious things lately. I see Janet's back. So, Janet, hold on. He is a hazardous material transport operator. I already said that. Let's see. Let's see here. In 2009, he witnessed odd lights in rural locations of Texas. This must have repeated itself, so I apologize, folks. I was reading it right off of the little dilly here. Well, we'll just let him tell you about his interesting experiences, but let me get my friend with Aquarian Radio. <coughs> Excuse me. We, we sat simulcast, and we've been doing radio shows together for a long time. Let me try one more time. Janet Carolesson, can you hear me now? <laughs> I can hear you. Yes, I couldn't hear you before. It's like I hung up and called oh, back in. So, All right. yeah. Go ahead and introduce yourself well, to Aquarian Radio. I've got TJ Marcy anyway, Radio I'm here. The I'm the co-host here on a on a show that uh, Teresa J. Morris and Janet Carolesson do together, which is called Portal Stargate. And uh, normally we broadcast on Revolution Radio, but they were having tech technical problems, so we're broadcasting on Blog Talk, and we will upload, and it'll be in the archives on Revolution Radio, I think. And uh, anyway, I've been with uh, Teresa J. Morris since 2012, June of 2012, and we've been working together to bring you all kinds of incredible guests like today's guest, Ronnie Dawson. And so we have a bio up on AquarianRadio.com. I don't know if TJ had a chance to get a copy of that up on – she's got several websites where she puts these um, this information. And if you scroll down to the picture of Ronnie and Striper, alien home invasion survivors, Striper is his 13- or 14-year-old cat. That's what my furball looks like. And the little M on the head means that she's got – Maine Coon in her, and so um, that's really interesting that his cat looks just like my cat. That's the most important thing of this whole show. Our cats look alike. <laughs> no, oh, really? And well, then I don't know. Uh, we'll see. 
Do you have a cattle abduction in your past? I don't, but I'm I'm willing to hear about I, the one Ronnie saw. I've never had a, one of these. You know, like Linda Moulton Howell did all those 30 years of study, right? Yeah, I had Linda Moulton Howell at the um, Penn State UFO discussion group in 19, what was it, 1993, right before I left Penn State and went over to uh, Oahu where I met Teresa J. Morris in 1993. We've known each other a long, long time. And <laughs> We're old. Older than dirt. Anyway, I, older than dirt. I, before we, we, I just wanted to talk to uh, Roddy one second. Uh, I, uh-huh. I'm really interested in this cat woman. <laughs> She's very interesting. <laughs> so, uh, well, Roddy, would you like to come on the show and tell us about your uh, experiences I guess start from the beginning. What was your first experience? And then move forward. But I really want to know about the cat people. That's very exciting to me. Okay. Okay. Take it away, TJ or Ronnie. Ronnie, go ahead, Ronnie. Welcome. Okay. Hey, thank you, Janet. It's an honor to be here. And glad to be here tonight. And, uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a long story, so, you know, a lot of times I jump over some of the different parts so we, we can really get into details on some of the other parts. I, I've I've told this story. It's taken three hours, and I still live stuff out. So it's a quite extensive story. And uh, I, the, I think the cattle abduction is the first thing that really tipped me off to the fact that uh, these mystery lights that I had been watching moving about the trees in rural locations was – I kind of suspected it may be some sort of UFO, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's out in the middle of nowhere, Texas, and uh, there wasn't any houses around. Wouldn't, nobody could fly a drone around there. They'd just lose it in the woods in the middle of the night because I, I pilot drones myself, and I sure wouldn't want to put my drone out there. And uh, But anyway, I've seen this, this large array of lights come on over my head. There were six of them. Then three more came on. So it was like nine lights across, stretched across the, the highway in front of me. And I traveled for miles and miles looking at this thing. And the, and the lights were not like spotlights. They were like an opening in a large craft with a, uh, a large area of illumination shining through the uh, porthole windows of something is, is the way it appeared to me. And I, and I was traveling straight for the thing. And uh, when I got close enough to it i just i couldn't see the lights anymore and three of the lights had broke off and they had, they traveled about a quarter mile uh to my left and they and it lost it went it went down in altitude and it did it did this all very quickly within within two minutes time and it, it traveled that far and then uh went to a lower altitude and i could still see it even though i was under the big craft and uh, i seen this blue beam of light come down out of it and it wasn't a brilliant bright blue beam but it was bright enough that you could see there was some sort of beam coming out of this thing and then there was like a bobblehead doll looking thing out in the field with a green fluorescent light glowing around it it looked like a person except the head was too big and i was taking all this in right out of my driver's side window of my truck while i was working at night and I was thinking, my goodness, man, I was digging around in my truck trying to find this uh, accident camera that I have. And and I kept looking at the blue beam, and I was thinking about stopping. And, and I looked at the blue beam, and I seen something darker inside the blue beam. And I was focusing on it, and I, all of a sudden I seen that it was a cow, and it was whipping its head from side to side. And it was about 30 feet off the ground and being and going higher. 
And uh, I realized at this point that this was, you know, I'm what I'm looking at here is a cattle abduction. This cow was getting sucked up into this thing, and and the the amount of time they did it in was very quick. I mean, it went within 90 seconds. You know, there's no way a helicopter could travel that far. Uh, you know, harpoon a, a cow, suck it 30 feet up in the air. You know, in that period of time. So I just it just completely baffled me as to what in the world. You know, it had to be E.T. You know, it had to be an alien UFO craft, and they were abducting a cow, and it was no doubt. At that point, I did not want to stop anymore. I just wanted to get out of there. <laughs> I just right. wanted to flee the area. You might be next. You might be next. Yeah, yeah that's exactly out. what I was thinking, was I'm next if I stick around here. I have no idea what happened to the cow. I don't know if they killed it or if they put it back or if they just took it and left with it. I have no idea as to what happened to the cow, and I was happy to get out of there in one piece. Wow. Yeah, wow. Okay, so then I, <laughs> I, I've i never heard anybody uh, see it like that. Have you? We've interviewed a lot of people. I've heard that no, the aftermath, what, and they go in. Yeah, this is what I'm so excited about, because in everything that Linda Moulton Howe, has written through the years that I've tried to read uh, and stay up on it because I'm a fan of hers, is uh, I don't recall her ever saying anyone ever really saw it happen. You know, I know this, uh, there's been a lot of detectives and a lot of farmers go out and see the head like down in the dirt or where it, you know, you can, they said it wasn't fully dead because it did its head back and forth, all kind of strange tales. But I haven't heard anybody so break that down, Ronnie. Have 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 you talked to Linda Moulton Howe? Because you know she is that's her claim to fame. Basically, was that was her main uh, research? Not, I mean, she has yeah. many others she's famous for. Have you spoken with her? Yeah. No, no, I haven't. You know, I I was at Roswell UFO Festival and I, I seen a lady that looked just like her, and I thought it was her. And, and then I said, are you Linda Moulton Howe? And, and she said, no. <laughs> oh, and and oh. I was I was disappointed because the lady looked just like her. And I thought, well, maybe it was her. She was just saying she was not. Well, we'll have to I don't get know. you with her, definitely, because I'm sure that if uh, she has time, that that should be in her memoirs because that but is I was her looking, forte. Yeah, I was looking through MUFON, uh, kind of looking in that area of seeing if anybody else in that area has seen anything. And uh, there was a report from Winters, Texas, which wasn't too far away. And this lady had a – she had a picture that she had taken of a cow being abducted. And I seen the same blue light, and, and you and you could see the dark object, the darker blue. It makes whatever's in the light look darker blue. And uh, you couldn't really tell it was a cow, but from her picture, it looked just like what I had seen. You know, it just looked just like what the cow looked like. And she had actually gotten a picture of it. And, and she was in Winters, Texas, and I, I haven't been able to find that report again because I was really – I was thinking about joining MUFON just to get some access to the who, who had reported that so I could talk to her personally. But I didn't. Wow. So you said that you were able to – because of that visuals, you knew it wasn't a, uh, a human craft. It was extraterrestrial. And that was because of the speed. What else, what were the what what made you realize that you you said how fast it moved and and because yeah, the way, you, you had some logic behind it. Go ahead. 
Yeah, yeah. It was uh it was like I said, it was a humanoid being that had like you know, within within about ninety seconds it moved from the big craft down to the ground and there was someone had put themselves on the ground with a, a fluorescent light around them and there was a cattle being sucked up in the air and a blue beam shining down and all this happened within about ninety seconds. And I was like, There's no way a, you know, anybody in the military could have pulled something like that off at you know, in that speed. And then just the, the Whatever humanoid-looking thing was on the ground over there had a gigantic bobblehead looking. I don't know if it was a suit or if it – I couldn't really get a good look at it because it was so far away. But I could definitely tell there was something on the ground, and it had this weird fluorescent light blowing around it. And that blue beam, it wasn't brilliantly bright. I mean, you could see the beam, but, I mean, it wasn't like it was, you know, extremely bright, but it was easily visible. And And the cow inside it. It looked like a blue blob and, you know, being, you know, rising up in the light itself. And then as, I couldn't really tell what in the world that was. And then when I, I, my eyes finally focused on it, the cow was whipping its head from side to side. It was kind of being picked up uh, with its head lower than the rest of its body, but not straight up and down. It was kind of being picked up at an odd angle with its head lower than its rear end. And it was whipping its head from side to side. And uh, it was it was no doubt that it was a cow. Now, did you stuff. have any um, ramifications from observing it? Did anything happen afterwards? Um, and what happened to the being that was the large head and, and bobbing it? Did that uh, disappear? Or you left yeah, it just... disappeared? Yeah, they were right out my driver's side window, and as I kept going, it got behind me to where I couldn't really see it anymore. And I, and I just, you know, I and I, did, I thought about pulling over, and I thought, no, no, you need to just go. And I just went and got out of sight and uh, made sure nothing was following me. So I was just happy to leave the area at that point. So, and but like I said, every every night when I would go out, I would see these lights moving about the trees and stuff. And at one point, I seen this light come on over a field. It dropped 200 feet straight to the field, sat on the ground for about 10 seconds, and then popped up 200 feet right to the same spot it was at. Then a second light joined it, and then both of them disappeared together. You know, that's the kind of odd stuff I was seeing almost every week out there in this area. And and I talked to other people around there and said, Oh yeah, we seen the we see lights. We don't know what they are. I was like, I don't know what they are either. And I seen, I talked to one rancher out there, and he goes, Ah, this helicopter's training at night. You know, they're doing night training and stuff like that. But I, you know, the thing about helicopters is you can hear them from like seven miles away. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I've seen the lights up close and personal, and you can't hear anything around them. You know, no helicopter sound, nothing, just complete quietness. And, and in fact, me and my family here, and my family hadn't seen anything. And at one point uh, here. A few years ago, we were coming back into town, and we seen them. I said, my God, that's the last I've been telling you all about, you know. And we watched them for 30 minutes. We recorded them on three different phones. Lights that would come on, they would sequence, they would go back off, and they would, no sound related to them. And the sky was so clear that night, you could see, we could see aircraft like 30 miles away. No aircraft in the area whatsoever. Lights just coming on and going out with no particular reason. Sometimes they'd go on in sequence. Sometimes they'd be close to the ground, and other times they'd be higher up. But in the same area for 30 minutes. And my my whole family see it, you know. And we recorded it on three different phones. Now, do you have those recordings? Did they turn out at all? Were they able to see anything? 
Oh, yeah, you can see them, and uh, you can go to the, I have a YouTube channel, Ronnie Dawson's YouTube channel, and I have uh, everything, because I know I've dealt with skeptics ever since I started seeing stuff and started reporting it, you know, so I always mm-hmm. try to catch up, try to catch something, some kind of uh, video proof, you know, either, whether it be a video or a photograph or whatever, so, because I know people are skeptical, and that's all right, I'm, you know, I'm good with that, but, and I try to catch something every time that I can, and, and everything... I catch, I post there to my Ronnie Dawson YouTube channel. And in fact, that YouTube channel has like 1,260,000 views. Wow, that's a success story. That's wonderful. So what happened next? So I guess what I'm trying to get at is, uh, was this an isolated or are you a, um, uh, what do you call it, selected by extraterrestrials? Are you a contactee experiencer and have they been interacting with you all along so let's go to the next episode what happened next yeah it's 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 like you know i worked out here in the oil field for many years and and i thought if somebody's going to come across these things it's going to be us we're the guys that are out there in rural locations all night long i mean out in the middle of nowhere texas and and you know and i heard stories but i was kind of skeptical of you know what people like travis walton had seen because I'd been out there my whole life and I hadn't seen anything. You know, I'd been hauling crude oil out in the middle of nowhere since 1985 and and I didn't have anything to report until 2009. 2009, we started seeing the lights appear in odd places, move about the trees and then disappear and just weird stuff that you can't explain. You couldn't go out there at night without seeing something odd. And it really got me looking up and wondering what in the heck is going on. And then uh, then when I started seeing some alien craft, that's uh, when it got weird. I started seeing the, when I seen the cattle abduction, and then I seen some craft later on. The lights would rotate on, and I would I would grab my phone off the truck and jump out to get a picture of it, and it would blink out immediately. Like, and it let me know that whoever that is is watching me just like I'm watching them. Because as soon as I grabbed my electronic device and jumped out and pointed it at it, it just blinked out like it wasn't even there. Wow. So they were watching. So you're you're interacting with an intelligence, and and you're aware that you're, it's intelligent, and it's aware that you're intelligent. Right, and and I took note of where these things are at. I'm like, okay, these guys are gonna they're gonna travel. They're interstellar travelers, and they're coming from somewhere else. Why are they out here in the middle of a field? You know, why are they in the middle of a field? Why are they, you know, not looking at something substantial? You know, and I started taking note of where I seen them. You know, I seen one right off the top of an old oil well, out in the middle of a field. It, you know, maybe they were examining the well, and this, and this oil well, I talked to the guy who owned it, and he said it quit producing uh, shortly after my UFO sighting. So I don't know if they if they disabled the thing or they did something that messed it up. And I also, another place that I had seen one was right over the top of a water tower. Uh, I looked at I looked at the the location during the during the nighttime, and I went back during the daytime and and looked, and and it was directly over a water tower. And it's like a rural water tower out and sit on top mm-hmm. of a hill over there. And, you know, I just took note and then I seen one over a rural ranch house. And and this this was the daylight sighting and I seen it and it was a big black and fuzzy and I actually assumed that it that the maybe the place had caught on fire and I was thinking I probably need to call the fire department. And I went from one I was I seen it in the late afternoon and I thought well upon the next hill I'll get a good look at it to make sure that it's not just them burning tires or something like that that's causing the smoke. So 
I topped the next hill and looked over at it, and it was black and fuzzy, and then all of a sudden I seen four bluish-white lights come on right in the middle of it, and I thought, oh, my God, that is not that's not smoke. That is a UFO craft. And then it's almost like they knew, and I had seen them at that point, and the craft started moving off, and I watched it, and I was actually I was actually following it in my truck. And then it got to a certain point, the lights went out on it, and all you could see was the black, hazy craft, and then it just turned like invisible. It was almost like their stealth wasn't working, and then all of a sudden it started working, and you could just see right through it. It just went from being a black craft to seeing it being blue skies again. It never shot off. And I had a feeling it was probably still there. It's just that, that whatever technology they were using to stealth themselves uh, had started working. And I didn't know if it was really there or if they just turned themselves invisible to where I could just look right through it. Strange um, stuff, TJ, but... you questions? Yeah. TJ, you there? Question, comment? Uh-oh, maybe she... Okay, so we'll continue. I don't know where she is. Um... So, so that you 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 were able to observe that they have stealth technology. Right, right, and and at that point that was that was like my third UFO craft sighting in like seven days, and that's when I went to my friend's house, uh, my buddy Alan Ostrasil lived here in Ranger, and I said, man, you know, I said Alan, I said, and I've seen like three crafts in seven days. And I said, I had, I got I ordered this green laser, 250 milliwatt laser, and it, it shoots a green streamlined beam for about 10 miles. And it's it's a little bit stronger than what you'd want to use in a classroom probably. You could probably fry somebody's contact mm-hmm. lens to the eye if you shot it at them. So you might not. Right, it may yeah. be a little bit stronger than you want to use in a classroom. But typically, the same kind of green laser that you might see used in a in a lecture or a classroom or whatever was what I had, and uh, I said I said you know I, I've heard from people that you know they bend the fabric of time and space is how they travel, how they reach light speed and stuff like that, and I said I'm thinking if the propulsion system bends the fabric of space around it, that if you shot a green laser at it, it would appear to bend, and I said my my thinking is. I'm trying to think outside the box to prove to the skeptics and scholars that we actually got something here, that we're seeing something that's not normal, not explainable through common, ordinary means. And I said, if we can shoot this laser at this craft and we can record that laser beam bending because of the fabric of space is bent, I said, you know, we might really have some evidence there to produce, you know, prevent to the, the scholars and stuff that this is an actual UFO from somewhere else. Our technology that we don't have and he agreed to do this with me and uh so we he, he had a house on the edge of the edge of town and up on a hill and we went up there and we were waiting on uh we were hoping to see a ufo we didn't know we'd heard some military jets in the area and we didn't see anything and uh, i thought well with all these jets flying around man we're not going to see anything and uh, so my hopes weren't very high and the jets left eventually and we'd been up there so long i was thinking about calling it quits pretty quick and then all of a sudden he said hey man he said he said look at that he goes he said is that what you're talking about and i looked over there and it was like a four light craft that just those four lights just came up in the dark and i said my god al that's it that's what i've been seeing you know and uh so i grabbed my laser and i started firing around that thing and i didn't see any light beam deviation at all like i was hoping to catch and I, that was disappointing and I thought, man, here's a life, it's a chance of a lifetime opportunity, you know, to do something weird, really high tech, 
and do some investigating that's really rare. Uh, take it, take advantage of this extraordinary opportunity to find out something. So I was shining around it. I didn't get the laser bending like I was hoping. And then I thought, well, I'm going to, sh- I was kind of scared to shine it on the craft for fear they might uh, shine theirs back. <laughs> you know, I, I thought, man, we might be ash here. I said, I th- I'm gonna, I told Alan, I said, I'm going to shine it on the craft, man. Uh, and I said, are you ready? And he goes, he goes, yeah, go ahead. You know, I, I shined it on the craft, and it just absorbed the beam. It was, it didn't reflect it. It didn't shine off it, of it like a mirror. It didn't, you know, uh, reflect off of it. Nothing. It just like the beam hit it, and then it just, it just absorbed the light completely. And, you know, not even like when you shine it on the body of a car where it lights up a little bit of area where the beam hits. This thing just completely absorbed the light. And I looked wow. at my buddy. And I, I said, I hope you're getting this on camera. And I looked over at him, and he's standing there with his hands on his hip, gawking at the face. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. My God. I said, you're supposed to be recording this, Al. That's the whole – he oh, my God, the camera. He said – and he, he he ran and grabbed the camera, and uh, and he, he was trying to get it up and going and stuff. And then I was looking at the – I was looking up at the craft and back at him, hoping that he would get it up and running. And then the thing just blinked out. All four lights on it just blinked out. You know, it didn't take off or nothing. It just – all four lights just went to dark like they always do. And I was like, crap. We missed – Well, you know? I – that seems to happen a lot. It's like they they blank your mind and you forget what you were supposed to do. So you broke his spell. They had him. They had his mind blanked out, probably. To not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's just like I've never seen anything like that. He goes, "What do you think that is?" And I said, "I think it's an alien craft." That's what I think it mm-hmm. is. And uh, <laughs> and you know he's like I don't. Yeah, it might be so, you know. He's like, he said, well, I didn't really believe you, you know. He said, I was just doing this because I'm your friend. <laughs> oh, my God. But it sure so you had a believer. Of... Yeah, I made a believer the hard way. And uh, and then, so, uh, you know, I, I was disappointed. I headed back home with the laser and stuff. But it was uh, what happened, the alien home invasion happened the next night. You know, I, I they had to follow me home or track me or something like that. I don't know if the laser got them curious as to what it was. Maybe they'd never seen one. I don't know. I have no idea what their curiosity was about the laser. Uh, maybe they so just wanted to check it out. You, tell us what you mean by the alien home invasion and, and slow it down because we want to take this in. What in the world happened? That w- it was the next night. Uh, you know, I, I I went home and I got up and went to work and I I came home from work and one of the oddest things was uh, I've got my I got a striper my main main coon cat uh, he's it's just me and him at living in the house I have a girlfriend over in Eastland and but she's going to college and and she's my fiance but we can't live together or get married or anything until she's got her degree because she has grants and student loans and it's just messed Great. everything up so we're we're together, but we're living apart, basically. I'm sure a uh-huh. lot of people get in that situation, but that's the situation we're in. It's just me and my cat Striper living at my house. And I, I came home from work. I noticed the cat, you know, usually comes around, and I didn't see him. And I go to look around my, my house, and all of a sudden I go into one of my – it's like the third bathroom in my house. That it, it's, it's an older bathroom, and it's not really used all that much. 
And I go in there, and there's a hole in the floor, a good-sized hole. Now, my cat is wow. deep clogged. And I'm thinking, how in the world could he chew a hole in the floor? I mean, this is a hole big enough that the cat is not in the house. He actually – I just assume that he chewed a hole in the floor, and he crawled through it to get underneath the crawl space under the house. Uh-huh. So. I'm seeing the hole in the floor, and I'm frustrated, and I'm thinking the cat is definitely not in the house, so he has to be through the hole. That's the only place that he could exit the house was through the hole. So I start calling him through the hole, and I can hear him. I can hear him meowing up underneath there, and I start calling him, and he sounds like he's pretty close. So I reach my arms off down in the hole, and I'm trying to feel him and calling him, and I can hear him meowing, and then I, I... can't feel him, so I pull my arm back up, and I look up down in the hole, and there's these scary eyes looking back up at me. Oh, and I just had, just had my hand down there, and I didn't feel anything. And I'm thinking, my God, there's no telling what that is, and I'm really stupid for sticking my hand off in that hole. It could be anything <laughs> down there. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of kind of freaked out at that point and going, oh, How man. How big were I, the you know, eyes? I don't know. Were they uh, like the eyes, sized eyes or... No, they were like they were about. They almost looked like they were a little bit larger than a cat's head, and, and that's what I'm, uh, you know. And looking at them, I'm like, man, you know, whatever that thing is, it looks like it might be bigger than a cat, and mm-hmm. and it, and it kind of freaked me out. And I'm going, man, you know, you're crazy for sticking your hand up in there. Don't do that again. And, and I was like, no, I ain't gonna do that again. I got, but I got to get my cat up from underneath this crawl space, and. And I go, I go up underneath there, and I level the house sometimes, and I fix the plumbing. And it's not a real pleasant place to be. You have to kind of crawl around on your, your knees and elbows. There's not enough room to crawl on your hands and knees. So it's pretty tight up underneath there, and it's just dirt up underneath there, and there's piping and, and gas lines and some electrical lines and stuff like that up underneath there. It's not a real fun place to be hanging out. But I knew I had to get my cat out from underneath there, so I go uh, to the access panel, and and, it, and it's it's a piece of wood that's up, and it's blocked up with these big rocks. And I've noticed that these big rocks are pulled out, and the wood is kind of pulled back from them. And I'm like, what? I was like, he's probably not even up there, you know. But I just heard him yelling up underneath there. So I know he was still up underneath there, but he could have got out through the hole because something had pulled the, pulled it back. And uh, so I went to call. I pulled the blocks back, and I, and I took the panel off, and I – hollered at the cat, and sure enough, the cat, he came to me, and I grabbed him, and I blocked it back up, and then I thought, you know, I've got a, so I isolated the bathroom, and I went and got some 30, I got a 30-year tin on my roof, and so I used some of this heavy corrugated tin and put screws in the wood to make sure that the cat couldn't get through there again, and I still was kind of amazed how the fact the cat could even shoot a hole through that floor, but it never occurred to me that something else could have made the hole. And I found out later that it may not have been the cat that actually made the hole. Because I had no idea what was fixing to come down later on me. But it was it was starting to get, I have to get up at like 4 o'clock in the morning. So I go to bed pretty early. And I leave lights, enough lights on the house. I can get up in the middle of the night and I can go get a drink. I can uh, leave a light on in the bathroom or I can go to the bathroom without stumbling and falling over stuff. You know, so my, and I have a computer light in the living room I leave on. Uh, so I can make my way to the kitchen if I want to. So I, there's enough lights on my house that you can move around. It's not completely dark in here. And so it's time to go to bed. So anyway, I I get ready to go to bed, and I go in here, and I lay down in bed. And 
I know sooner lay down and all of a sudden I hear glasses uh, being knocked over and breaking in the kitchen. And I'm thinking at this point, this cat is really frustrating me. He's really making me mad. He's done messed up my floor to the whole <laughs> and Now he's in there breaking stuff in the kitchen, and which he never gets up on the counter. And I'm like, what has gotten into him? Man? So I try to get up out of bed, and all of a sudden I, re- I don't feel anything holding me in that bed. And I try to get up, and it's, it feels like there's a 600-pound gorilla holding me down. And I can't see anything. I can make subtle movements with my head, and it, and it seems like my head is fine, but when – when I try to move my body to get up out of that bed, something just holding me and forcing me down in that bed. And I'm like, first thing I'm thinking is I've got, I've got some kind of medical emergency. Like I got, am I having a heart attack? I'm like, what is going on here? And I had, I had, I just lay down. There's no way I was even close to going to sleep yet. I mean, it was just like my head had just hit the pillow. And when all this started going on, now I'm trapped in bed, and I and then I still hear stuff going on in the kitchen. And I hear cabinet doors opening, and I'm thinking, oh man, I know my cat is not opening cabinet doors, and I can't get out of bed. And I'm, and all of a sudden, I still hear stuff going on in the kitchen, and I look out of my bedroom door into the living room that, that that's open, and I see the cat. The cat is is looking towards the kitchen where the noise is coming from, and he and he's looking nervous. You know, and I'm thinking, okay, okay, whatever's in the kitchen is not the cat. So the cat, you know, he's looking nervously towards the kitchen, and I can still hear stuff breaking and opening in there. And I'm thinking, there's something or somebody in the house, and but I can't do anything about it because I can. I relax in bed, and I feel like I, I'm okay. I don't feel I don't feel like I'm hurting or anything, no pain. But as soon as I try to get up, it's almost like this force just applies itself to me and the and the harder I fight it the more force it uses to hold me in place. And then when I when I stop trying to fight it, it's almost like you can't feel anything wrong with you. So you just keep it's just a series of you keep trying to get up and whatever's holding you keeps applying itself to make sure that you don't get up. And it's really weird to describe how it felt. It felt like there was nothing wrong with you and then as soon as you got tried to get up out of bed you could feel the force hit you again. And the cat run in there and jumped in bed with me. And I'm sitting here in a frozen bed or paralyzed in bed, and the cat's moving around. But it, whatever's holding me is not affecting him at all. Because he's just walking around the bed like, yeah. nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with him. And all of a sudden, there's a streak. I see a streak. And whatever it is is moving so fast. I've never seen anything move this fast. It's, it's, it's low to the floor, and it's a brownish-black streak went by my door. And I thought, Okay, my God, what was that? There was something, I mean, I've never seen anything move that quick. And then I seen another one. And then I could hear cabinets opening, and I could hear stuff being knocked over over in the corner. And I'm thinking, man, I'm starting to to put two and two together now. Like, this may have something to do with what happened last night. And... And all of a sudden, you know, this thing goes back, and then I'm looking, and then there's two of them, and they're running around in there, and they knock a lamp over by by the computer, and I can hear the bulb, the light bulb break when it fell against the computer, and so there's mm-hmm. some glass hit thing, and there's stuff. These when these things run by the doorways, they're so fast, they're moving so fast, you can't see what it is. All you can see is a street. And then I see one of them run, it run across a vertical wall. And at that point, there was no doubt that this. I've never seen anything run across a vertical wall like gravity didn't even apply to it. And I seen run up, I seen one run up the wall and push off the ceiling and come back down. 
and I'm like, whatever these things are, it's like gravity doesn't even affect them, you know. And uh, I've never seen anything like move like these things. And, but it, they were moving so fast, you could, your eyes just couldn't even focus on what it was. And, and they were running around almost like they were playing chase, like they were chasing one another. And uh, and all of a sudden, a third one appeared. And this time, this thing, I've seen the streak. It, it streak went in front of the door, and then it stopped right in front of the door. And then all of a sudden, it can't. I could visually see it. Then this thing it ran on all four, and then it stood up on its hind two legs. And it looked like it had a humanoid face, and it had an exoskeleton shell on it. And even the shell on this thing had thorn, had these thorny appendages on it. Like if you'd have grabbed it with your hand, it would have tore you up because it had these sharp thorn-looking things on it. It looked like some kind of a humanoid with a, like an exoskeleton shell on it, like a body or, or, or almost a humanoid something with like a body armor on it. Uh, but when you look at its hands and feet, it had the weirdest. It looked more like an insect than it did uh, some kind of a mammal or anything. Like it had didn't have hands like people. It had like appendages that looked more like an insect. And this thing stood up right in front of me. I mean, right in the doorway, within ten feet of me. And I and and but it wasn't looking at me. It was looking away from me at the other two. And it was almost like, I mean, it had big eyes, but they were squinted. It was like the little bit of lights was hurting its eyes to be in the room. It had, and its mouth was had very tight lips, and it looked like an angry old man's face, really. And it seemed like it had sort of a human-looking nose, but it it just re- really reminded me of an angry old man. And except wow. that his head had like a shell on it. It had like a, it, almost like a helmet, but it, it was probably some kind of an armor or uh, maybe an exoskeleton. And it had these little ridge-like appendages right in the top of his head in the middle. And it had right there in the bridge of his nose, it kind of came to a point right up, right towards the bridge of his nose. And uh, and I watched this thing, and it looked at the other two. And then I was thinking, my God, they just stay out there, and they do whatever they want to. But, you know, and then all of a sudden, I just, like, I hope they don't come in here. And then all of a sudden, all three of them. All I seen was three streaks go right through my door, and they went right up underneath the bed that I'm sleeping in, or not sleeping in, just <laughs> laying in. And anyway, these things, and they're up underneath the bed now, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know? And then all of a sudden, they start lifting the bed off the floor. The bed's being lifted up by probably a foot and then being slammed back to the floor. And I'm just bouncing on off of the mattress on this thing when it hits the floor. And I'm bouncing on this thing... They're just bouncing me on this bed, and the cat, he freaks out. He takes off, and he slides around the door, uh, leaving, and, I, you know, I'm kind of like, man, there's my only friend <laughs> just took off. You abandoned me. <laughs> he took off, and I don't blame him. I was afraid you know, they'd be chasing me, but I didn't see anything chasing him, so he made a run for it, and uh, was sliding around the corner to get out of there, and I'm still in the bed, and all of a sudden, the bed stops being bounced, and then I hear him tearing into the box springs. They tear into the box springs, and I can hear them up underneath there. I can hear their claws raking across the bottom of the bed that's underneath me, and I'm thinking at any moment, these things are going to start tearing up through this mattress and just tear me apart, you know, and it's it was just a horrifying, you know, and and the thing is, when you're paralyzed like that, paralyzed like that, you're terrified, you're horrified, and then you're horrified and terrified for so long. At some point, it just it builds in 
slowly builds into a rage. You know, you know, at this point, I'm like, you, these guys came in my house, they invaded my home, they held me hostage in my bed, they're tearing my bed up, <laughs> scaring me and my cat. So I'm really getting, I'm like thinking, I'm gonna, this is a fight for my life, and I'm fixing to fight these guys. I'm going to die anyway if I don't. So I'm decided that I'm going to break loose from whatever's holding me. I'm going to jump out of this bed, and it came to my mind that, that there's a golf bag in the corner there that I play golf, and I'm like, I'm going to grab an iron out of there, and I'm going to go to town on these guys. So whatever it takes to break free, I'm going to do it. So I remember I used every bit of force that I had to try to break free. And when I did, it hurt so bad. It, it affected my heart. It affected my breathing, and it, it felt like it almost killed me there on the spot. I mean, if I'd have fought So you were eventually harder, able to move. You were able to move. That was amazing. I haven't I, so yeah. really heard of people being able to will themselves to move when they're in these situations. But you, so you're moving, but it's hurting. Yeah, I tried to, I tried to move, and it, and, and it, I could not break myself free from it, and it hurt my, it, it affected my. It was like the more force you exert, the more they're going to put on you, and it, and, it, and it did. It felt like it almost stopped my heart. It felt like my lungs quit working, and it felt like I was fixing to die. So I stopped trying to fight because I already had it in my mind that I was going to grab the the golf club and go to town on these guys. And I, I had a rage going. So I had a, a lot of energy to, to exert to try to do all this and, and it didn't work. So I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking these guys, they're still clawing at the bed and I'm thinking, okay, they're just going to kill me. There's nothing I can do about it. And so I'm just frustrated, just waiting for the claws to hit my back. But I found out later they, they clawed through the box springs. And if you ever looked at a box springs, there's really nothing. There's no springs in there. All it was is like a, it's like a wood box. That, and over the top of the wood box is this, they cover it like a, a metal screen, almost like a fencing wire. And then they put a nice piece of fabric over the whole thing for your mattress to lay on. And uh, what they did was they clawed up in there, and I could see scratch marks inside there, and I could see where they grabbed the wire and they pulled on it so hard that they bent the wire on top of the box springs. And so they were trying to get through it for some reason, and they and they didn't. So what happened next was they they quit clawing at the bed, and I was thinking, thank God, you know. And I said, then I heard them over at the gun cabinet. Now I was thinking the gun cabinet is locked. This gun cabinet is locked. And that was the reason I didn't think about getting a gun out because I'm thinking this thing is locked. I can't get in it. I know it's locked because uh, my girlfriend has kids and I have to keep it locked because I don't want the kids. The kids are old enough that they're going to be getting into the guns. And so I always keep it locked. And I I didn't try to get it. I wasn't thinking about getting a gun from there because I knew it was locked. So I was thinking my first choice would be the, the golf club. So. Uh, so they they got over to the gun cabinet and I thought, well, you can't get in there; it's locked. And uh, and that's but that's where the laser was being kept, you know. And uh, and all of a sudden, uh, every, once they got to the gun cabinet where the laser was being kept, you know, everything just went quiet. You know, I guess they took off out of the room and I never heard them. I didn't hear no more breaking dishes. I didn't hear anything. And uh, I thought, well, everything got quiet all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden. The weirdest thing happened was like I guess whatever force they were using to hold me in that bed, they released it. My body jumped out of that bed. I screamed vulgarities, and then I grabbed the golf club out of the bag. Now I had to try to do this five minutes earlier unsuccessfully. It was like I sent a signal to my brain that hadn't got processed, and it was like when they released me, this signal to my brain got 
processed, and all of a sudden it was my it was like my body was acting like a robot doing things on its own. But all I did was jump out of that. I jumped out of bed. I grabbed that golf club, and I was angry as all get out. And like I said, I had already given up on being able to get loose and relaxed some. And all of a sudden, I was very angry again. Had the club in my hand, just like I had tended to do, like just like I would would have done if I had broke free. It, it was like the signal that I had tried was blocked. And then when they released me, that was the first thing that got processed. And so all of a sudden, I got the golf club in my hand, and I'm I'm furious. So I go on an alien hunt around my house. Every cabinet, every drawer, my whole house is open. There's nothing taken. But it's like they look through everything. And when I and then when I went back into the bedroom and looked up underneath there and seen the torn box springs and stuff like that, I was kind of scared that they might be hiding up in there. So I was really cautious looking up in there. Uh, there wasn't anything in there, but I could see the marks and stuff up in there where they have been clawing and pulling that stuff. And Did you get I, pictures I, of that? Did you think to take pictures of your box springs? No, in fact, I got rid of those box springs because they creeped me out. I was afraid they might have put something in here. I was, I was afraid they might have put something in that thing, like some kind of device or something like that, because it felt like they were tearing at the mattress, but there was no damage to the mattress. Uh, so it just freaked me out and scared me. I just really, I gave it away. And I got me a new one. Really, I, I just didn't feel comfortable with it in my house anymore, and I didn't tell the people I gave it to about what had happened either. <laughs> Oh, there's a monster in there, but you can have it anyway. <laughs> well, oh, the funny thing was, it ended up back at my house anyway. <laughs> it ended up finding its way back to my house in my daughter's room at a later point, you know. And I did at that point observe it really good to make sure there wasn't anything in it, you know. And I was like, it's really odd how this thing. It was like my girlfriend decided she would give it to one of her friends that needed one, and then all of a sudden we have kids of our own, and at some point they needed one, and then it ended up coming back to my house. So, and it was just that's the way it is in a small town. Things kind of circle around, you know. And right, yeah. But <laughs> that's funny. But every. You know, and the reason I didn't grab a gun out of the gun cabinet because I knew the gun cabinet was locked. When I finally got to the gun cabinet where the laser was being kept, it was, I was starting to think that if they taken the laser, the laser was going to be gone. And when I got to the gun cabinet, it was unlocked. Both parts were unlocked, the bottom and the top, because there's, there's pistols in the bottom and rifles and shotguns in the top. Both parts they had unlocked. And, uh, and, and, I, and it was just weird. It was like, why would you, if you could unlock a gun cabinet, why wouldn't you just unlock my door and come in through the door? Why'd you have to claw a hole in my floor? <laughs> yeah. So some things yeah. just did, some things didn't make sense to me, but uh, it makes more sense that the aliens clawed a hole in the floor than my declawed cat. Because I just still, to this day, I can't imagine how a cat would be able to claw a hole in the floor like that. Well, this is you know, important no information. This is important to, to slow this down and look at it. So these are not the, the aliens that can come through the walls, apparently, because they had to dig a hole. Is right, that what you're right. saying? These aliens, they, they aren't yeah. the ones that come through the walls. No, they're not. Uh, some of the ones later, they did come through the walls. And, and, well, and what I think is going on is like, and I think it probably has to do with the greys doing some of the adoptions and stuff like that, too. They're... They're subservience of something else. Uh, There's subservience of higher beings. These little guys were like a recon team, and they were really good at what they're doing. Maybe they're not really intelligent, 
aliens, but they're really qualified to like go on a little mission and do what they did. You know, and it's like the right. gray aliens might may not be really intelligent, but they're but they're maybe they're uh, they're very resilient to bacterial and viral infections. Is what I think is the reason they send the grays to do the abductions and stuff like that. And I think it's for somebody else. It's just like if you have instead of you working on your car, you go hire somebody to work on your car. You know, right? And uh, and wow. I think you know. I kind of have the feeling that they, they don't really approve of them being cruel to us, but I think it's just kind of a byproduct of who's doing the job for them at the time. And because uh, these other ones, what happened was, but you know, this this happened in two. Uh, I think it was March first, two thousand ten, and and what exactly for one year I didn't see anything, nothing, not thinking. Wow, you know, that was a strange encounter. I, and I hadn't even seen any UFOs or anything, any lights over the trees or anything, and everything had gotten quiet. And I was thinking, wow, you know, that was pretty amazing. And it was almost like you miss it. You know, as, as scary as it was, it was almost like, wow, I, I guess I'll never see anything like that again. A year had gone yeah, by. Yeah, you miss not, it. Not anything, nothing. And then I was just, I'd give up on even hoping to see anything. I thought, well, they're, I guess they're done with me, you know, or they're done with this area or whatever, but they're gone. Uh, for a year, I didn't see anything. I pulled up on a lease down in Coma, Texas, and all of a sudden, three there's three lights come on on the ground, and I'm talking I'm in an area where there's mesquite trees, these little these little thorny trees that don't get about 20 feet tall, and I see something on the ground. Three lights come on on the ground, and I'm thinking, now oh, that's the same bluish white lights that, that are on the UFOs, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh! And I was on the phone. I said, I gotta hang up, man. I I gotta get a video of this UFO. And I hung up talking to my friend. I was hanging out of the truck window up to the waist, and this thing lifted off the ground, rose above the trees, and it fixed a pass right over my truck, and then all the lights just blinked out on it before I could get my camera up and running. Frustrated again. But I had a feeling that they hadn't left, that they were still in the area. And sure enough, I I, I went to, I was loading this oil out of this tank battery, this uh, storage facility, out in the middle of nowhere, out, out between Coleman and Cross Plains, Texas, in a little farming community called Echo, about one mile south of 206, and it wasn't that late at night. It was about 9 o'clock at night. I mean, it it was dark because of the, uh, the time change and stuff, but, I mean, it was, it was dark. It had been dark for a while, and so it wasn't real late at night, and then all of a sudden the lights appeared on again out over the field, and I'm thinking, that's right. They're not gone. They're still out of here. You know, they're popping in and out, turning their stealth on and off, and and I was sitting there. I just got you know, Mufon had been said, "You got to get some pictures. You got to get some pictures." I'm really wanting to get some pictures, you know. So and, and I Great. I had a motor Motorola Tundra. It's a flip phone, but in 2011 that was about as good as it got. And this phone had video capabilities, which wasn't wasn't common amongst phones at the time. I had spent the extra Great. money, got the big cheap equipment I had at the time, and. So I was equipped. I was ready to go, and I had the equipment to do it. So these lights came on, and I got some pictures. And I'm like, ah, there you go, Mufon. I got your pictures that you've been begging for. And then they came on again. I got some more pictures. And then and the problem was I, I took so many stupid pictures of lights over the field that I filled my memory up and missed some, oh, no. great, <laughs> missed some great stuff later. I missed some wonderful opportunities later that I really could have used some of that memory right. that I've been on fuzzy lights over the field and I didn't know how serious but I was afraid like most times 
they appear, they're gone. And, but that didn't happen this time. At one point, the lights came back on over the field, and then they disappeared for a little while. And then all of a sudden, I seen them. They appeared on the ground over there about, I'd say, probably 300 yards away. And you could see through the trees because these aren't much, these trees aren't very thick. And I decided to get a video of it. So uh, I got my video up and running. I was hoping to catch something walking around the craft If I after I zoomed in on it when I got back home. I was filming this craft. It, it, it had came back down to the ground, and the lights were on. It was sitting on the ground. And I got my camera running, and all of a sudden this thing leapfrogged about 200 yards, leapfrogged. It went up and down and landed on the ground again 200 yards away. And then it didn't sit there for five seconds, and this thing shot up in the air, and it was blinking like blue and red and green and yellow, and it it went a mile in about two seconds. Now, I play wow. with rockets. One of my hobbies is is rocketry, and the the biggest, most powerful rocket I've got it takes three seconds to travel a mile, and this this thing just traveled a mile in two seconds. So I know it's moving faster than 1,100 mile per hour, right from the ground right. on go. So this whatever this thing is, and I actually caught this, and it's on one of the videos there on my YouTube channel. It's not very. It's at the very bottom of it. You really have to know, you know, what you're looking at. People. People fuss and say, well, you really can't see anything, but you can see it at the very bottom of the video because I'm taking a video at night of a moving object, and it's and it's from a pretty good little distance. So it's just a dot that's moving, and it leapfrogs, and then it takes off, and you can see it taking off and changing colors and all that stuff. And I got it all recorded on a video, and I was amazed that it, it did all that just when I had the video running. So I was excited that I got that captured. And I thought it wasn't going to get any better than that. But all of a sudden, the craft came back on again over the field. And this time, it didn't go out. This time, it did something it hadn't never done before. It started moving straight at me. And I was going, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Okay, that's close enough. <laughs> that's close enough. <laughs> Uh-oh. Are you there? DJ, are you there? Hello? Can you hear me? Hello?
Hi, I can't hear anything. Can you hear me? I'm going to call back in in case you can hear me because I can't hear anything for some reason. I'll call right back in. 